Hello and welcome to the Women's Football Podcast for our Women's World Cup Group Stages Preview. My name is Chess Warren and we have a very star-studded lineup for you today that I am so excited to introduce. First up, we have Inesh Sampaio hailing all the way from Portugal. Hello, Inesh. Thank you so much for coming on today. Hello there. Thank you for inviting me. Not at all. Always a pleasure to have you on here at the Women's Football Podcast. Then the fantastic Swedish football journalist zooming in all the way from Sweden. It's Mia Eriksson. Hello, Mia. Yeah, with that uh, introduction, I... You, I, I do feel really good already. Good, good. That's what we want here. Yeah. And then finally, right here in the studio today, we have WSL all-time appearance record holder, Tottenham defender, and so much more. It's Keris Harrop. Thank you very much for coming in. Thank you for having me on. Not a problem. Glad to have you here. The World Cup is fast approaching and we have loads to talk about in the run-up to the tournament. The group stages has 32 teams for the first time, seeing the Women's World Cup expanded to the format that has dominated the Men's World Cup since 1998. We're going to be talking about some of the groups together um, today, (coughs) as if we talked about every single team, we're probably going to have to be hauled up into the studio until the 20th of July when the tournament starts. So we may as well kick it off at the beginning. It is, of course, a very good place to start with Group A and B. As a quick reminder for everyone listening in, Group A contains hosts New Zealand, 1995 Women's World Cup winners Norway, and tournament debutantes the Philippines, and finally Switzerland. Group B sees host Australia take on the Republic of Ireland, Nigeria and Canada. Now, the football fans have stated that their aim for the tournament is to win their first Women's World Cup final game. Harris, do you think that that's a realistic prospect for them with the teams that they're up against in their group? Um, It'll be difficult. I mean, uh, it's always good to be playing in your own host country, and that's definitely an advantage. Um, You see it with the Lionesses, obviously, last summer, um, playing in their home country. Um, But yeah, I think it'll be difficult for them. I'd probably put my bets on Australia, probably doing a little bit better. But you never know. These things can happen and with the, the home advantage. You never know what's going to happen. But I'd probably say Australia have got a better uh, chance. Yeah, probably further on in the tournament, Australia do do have do have a chance to, to make it far. I was going to say, um, Group B is looking especially difficult. Australia is on an incredible run of form at present. They're playing with so much confidence. You saw that in their game against England that they played in Brentford. Even under all of that rain, we were also getting soaked in the um, in the journo box. So goodness knows what it was like for the rest of the crowd and the players on the pitch. And I am sure the home gra- crowd will help like it did with England in the Euros last summer. Does anyone tip them to go all the way or do they still have gaps to fill in their squads um, that they think will, will be their pitfall this tournament? Mia, what do you think? Well, actually, I I saw them play France the other day um, as well. Uh, I think uh, Tony Gustafsson, who is also Swedish and their head coach, and and he has also I'm I'm gonna add this now because obviously because I'm Swedish and I want to promote Swedish people in football. But they also have uh, an assistant head coach uh, who is also Swedish, Jens Fjellström. And what you can see is an Australian national team that have finally found their feet uh, and they, they seem to play with an identity and they know how to how to beat teams good 
as England uh, and France, obviously. They played a lot on the counter uh, against France. Uh, and that hurt France a lot. Um, so I would expect an Australian team that, that fly on, on wings now. Uh, but I will also add that 10, 11 players uh, of the Australian squad have been long-term injured during the season. And one of them, um, Tamika Jallop, she was subbed in and then she was subbed off uh, in the game against France. So I do think that that's crucial for Australia to to gain success in this tournament, that all the players will be healthy and fresh uh, throughout. Yeah, do you think that's a worry that the intensity of the tournament will really affect players, especially like Alana Kennedy, who spent most of the most of the season out with injury and then she always seems to perform really, really well for, for this Australian side. Do you think that's a real worry for their squad that at further stages in the tournament, they'll start to tire and kind of and, and kind of fall, fall off a little bit? I think that that is a worry that many teams in this tournament can, can see. And ob- obviously they can also have that worry because Australia is not the only team with key players that have been out um, for most of the season. But I do think that we can see a trend that many head coaches think that these players have a part to play and a role to fill, uh, even if they have been injured. So, yeah, fingers crossed we won't see any player get injured uh, during the tournament and that as as many players as possible can 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 play the games that they will be be in on the other side of that i'd normally be putting canada in the mix as their team showed by winning the 2020 tokyo gold in such a dogged fashion that they are fantastic tournament players but the build-up for this tournament has been marred by disputes with their federation that's teetering on the edge of bankruptcy on the field they have lost four out of their last five games it's really not a good look your Tottenham teammate, Shalina Zadorsky, plays for them, Karis. Do you think they'll be able to shake off their off-pitch issues when they're when they're playing in this World Cup? I think, like, the team will focus just on field. You know, they have to try and put those off-field issues behind them, especially at such an important tournament like a World Cup. So I think the players are professional enough and they've got a lot of experience as well. So experience enough to, to try it. Although it'll be there maybe at the back of their mind. Once you're in tournament mode, you're very much focused on just the football and trying to avoid the outside noise. So, yeah, you know, they've got a lot of experience with Christine Sinclair. I think it's her sixth tournament. You know, she's 40 years old now, so that's very impressive. Um, scored the most goals out of any men's and women's player. So I think we've experienced like that and they've got some good young quality coming through as well. Um, they might be outside contenders, I'd probably say. I wouldn't put them as main contenders, but, you know, they've surprised people in the past, like winning the Olympics and things. So, uh, yeah, I'll probably have them as outside contenders. I'd I'd like to put all of my cards on the table now and to say that I have a one pound bet on them to win the tournament. That's the only bet I've put on the World <laughs> Cup. So so I'm I'm hoping they're able to shake it off. I think they're incredible in um when it comes to especially the knockout scenarios. Players like Jesse Fleming being able to put away penalties um and then then really be able to haul up at the back is very impressive. Inesh, um between groups A and B. What specific what specific fixtures do you think are the ones to watch in this group? If people were tuning in to only a couple of games, because obviously the time the time difference, if you're based over in Europe, what would you really recommend you watch? 
Well, uh, every Australia game, of course, uh, I think they're a really strong team. I think they will be surprising because, uh, you know, they're hosts. And I think they're really uh, expecting to do something special uh, in this tournament. So I would, I would say especially uh, Australia, Nigeria, which I think will be a very fun game to watch because, uh, you know, both team styles. Uh, and then Norway and, uh, and Switzerland, uh, they, they both have really uh, strong, really skilled players, very, very good players, but they're also like not top, top, top teams, you know? So those two games, and of course, Australia, Canada, uh, because they're both teams that are hoping to go for the title. Actually, I think every game. From yeah, the I was about to say so. So all of them, all of them, all of the games. You want to watch all of them? Yeah. So other games. Yeah. I mean, especially from Group B. I think Group B has really four really interesting teams. So yes. I think you know, it, I think that you should. We should watch those those uh four uh three. Well, there's a lot of games. Uh, my math isn't mathing right now, but uh, and also, but yeah, Norway, Switzerland, also. Yeah, def- I think that's going to be a really fun game. It's going to be really hard for Ireland, bless them, to make to make them out of the group as as much as I really want to, because especially their their journey um, to this tournament has been really fantastic to watch um, on the outside. But onto groups C and D. Group C seeing Spain take on Costa Rica, Zambia, and Japan, and Group D is where the Lionesses sit: England, Haiti, Denmark, and China. For Group C, I, for one, am super excited to see the Copper Queens play this tournament. Barbara Banda is back in the mix and her team managed to put out some shock results in the run-up to the World Cup, namely beating Germany in what I'd actually say was a really controlled fashion um, on the 7th of July. They are in a tough group, though, with an informed Spain and a strong Japanese side. How do you think they will perform? I think in that group, Spain, for me, the obvious, clear ones that should progress. Um, I know they've had a few issues, obviously, with uh, with the manager, but some of the key players have, have come back now into the squad. So um, hopefully, you know, Alexis Bustelis will have a good tournament, missing out last uh, Euro summer, which was a real shame because I think everyone was looking forward to, to seeing her. So, yeah, I think in that group, Spain and uh, Japan are the ones to watch. Mm. Mia, do you think Zambia's defence will be what prevents them from progressing this tournament? Or do you think their goals, their, their abilities in front of goal? Because they really seem like they can't stop scoring. Um, uh, no matter who they're playing against, will be something that's able to push them through. I think I'm going to answer this question in a way where I do think if... Uh, I mean, any team has to play to their strength uh, and to, like adapt to to your opponents uh, and obviously uh, Zambia has uh, strengths uh, in the offensive display and I do think that this is where a game like when they play against Spain will be very interesting because Spain plays with a very high backline uh, and they can easily get hurt we have seen that when mm. they've played other teams as well uh, so I would say that that game uh, be- between these two will be very, very exciting to watch. It just makes me think of the 4-4 um, Zambia-China in the in the uh, Olympics um, in, in 2021, like a truly fantastic game. And, and again, to 
even when you're like the game against Netherlands, like even when a team scores 10 goals against you, you would ex- expect them to be so dominant. But for that, for you also to score three, like it's, mm-hmm. it's just, they're, they're just very impressive. And I am, um, I will put a lot of money into the pocket of any manager that can get Barbara Banda, especially into the WSL or oh, that would be, that would be a truly, truly lovely to see, especially as she is so young. But Karis, you spoke about Spain there. They were favourites for the Euros last year. They were only knocked out by the eventual winners, England. But they have had issues, to say the least, with their federation throughout this year. But we've seen players like Puteas and Badje return to the fold for this tournament. Do you do they still have what it takes for them to make their mark? I think they definitely have what it takes, yeah. They've got a lot of talent in the squad. Um, I think the only issue is because is those key players have been missing for a period of time, it's kind of gelling again. You know, they've had a lot of the, the Spanish youngsters playing um, and they've done well, I think, under under the manager. But I think when you've had those key players out for a period of time it's and they've only just kind of come back into the squad recently, it's then that, that, that gelling back together again. So I'd like them to do well, but um, and they will. I think they'll progress out of the group and whoever they come across in the next stages. But um, yeah, I think that issue with the consistency could cause them an issue. Yeah, they were able to beat teams like the USA without the players that had mm. stepped stepped down from national team duty uh, over the past year and also Puteas although she has been out due to injuries recently picked up a little bit of something else which has meant that she didn't play um, in one of the friendly matches Inesh do you think Spain can now play without Puteas? Well I'm very interested in Spain uh, because they're my neighbours um, I think they can they can play without Puteas um, I think, you know, basically they can do, I know that there are some play, p- p players missing because of the issues with, with the coach, with uh, Jorge Villa. Uh, and I think, uh, and of course, Alexia, we never know what her status will be because she's just come from injury. But, you know, they've learned, just as Barcelona have learned to play without Alexia, I think Spain are learning to to do so too. And, uh, well, you know, when you have uh, Mariona back, when you have Aitana back, when you have Paredes uh, back, you know, I think, of course, they had they already had so many good players like Atenea and Esther and etc. But, you know, having those players back obviously strengthens your squad. Now, I think it's all... It's all going to be a matter of chemistry, so to speak, because, um, you know, we're still to see because there, there were it, it wasn't just the issues with the manager, because uh, those issues with the manager also reflected themselves onto the team uh, because, you know, there were some issues within the team itself. Um, because, you know, some players, uh, we saw um, Aitana refusing to um, say hello to, I think it was Esther. So, you know, you have those little issues between the players too. So who knows uh, how the team will gel together uh, at the World Cup. But, you know, with all those strong players back, I think they obviously have a chance to to go far. Um but also, you know, they're also missing key players like Mati Leon, who is one of the best central defenders in the world. Mm. Um, and, well, again, it's a matter of chemistry. Will this team be able to play together through all those issues that, you know, you, you can't just uh, wish them away. They're still there. And then they're also, uh, which I, I think is a very important uh, topic, 
because uh, they're also playing against the crowd at this point because of this of um, what happened with some players mocking the Haka and you know the home crowd is not going to be very welcoming to the Spanish players so and and that can really also you know play uh play play a part in how a team does because you know if you're playing against uh 30 40 50,000 people uh in each in each single game that can affect your mentality and you know with all those things put together in one in that same pot you know we'll see what happens but they do definitely have theoretically on paper the team to go very 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 far even without Alexia. The Lionesses are in Group D. They are a very strong side, but by far they're not the same team that lifted the Euros last year. Key holes in their defence may cost them, but it's been good to hear that Millie Bright, for example, is, is back playing just in time. Group D also contains China, who have never left the tournament at the group stages, which I thought was a great stat, Penilla Harder's Denmark, and the team with the youngest average age in the tournament, Haiti. Mia, how do you see this tournament playing out for England? I do think that this is not the same England that won the Euros, uh, obviously. I think that they will have to manage the challenge uh, to the fact that they might not be able to play the same backline throughout every game for 90 minutes. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see how that affects them. Uh, It also will be interesting to see how those players that were in the Euros last uh, summer and won it uh, will step up to take the responsibility to, to lead this team because there will be a group of players that will have to take that um, role uh, to to maintain the English like will and thrive to to be one of the best teams in the world and that is also about experience and mentality we all know that so it's going to be interesting to see how Sarina Wichmann will help her players uh, develop a new mentality because I I think that that is uh, one of the keys uh, that we'll see if England will get far in this tournament. Yeah, I do think that. Sorry, (laughs) but I do think that um, if if we can see any weaknesses in this England England team right now is the offensive display. Um, You can see that there. It isn't the same England um, from before. So who is going to score the goals? Yeah, definitely. And and that's what I was going to come come on to now. Obviously, we've seen um, the re- Ellen White retiring, and even though she didn't necessarily score the most goals in the in the tour- in the Euros tournament, it was incredibly obvious what her role was, and she played it absolutely perfectly. Uh, Beth Mead um, too, kind of uh, f- falling away during to do with her ACL injury and I think it was really worrying especially in the um don't want to be doom and gloom on this England side by the way they are great but it it is the plight of being an England fan I think or being English that we have to massively talk down our national team just in case we win and then obviously we actually won something last summer which was crazy who would have thought that um but it seemed very obvious um in the Australia game and the second half of the of Fina Lissima against Brazil 
that they were just pinging balls out wide um, to the wingers, trying to run them down the channels there and crossing them in. And there is only so many times you can do that before uh, teams go, hang on a second. (laughs) We're also professional footballers and are very good at reading games. This is obviously what you're going to do. And it was, Serena Wiegmann seems to be very good at, at like, teaching them to change and like not trying the same thing over and over again but it was a little bit worrying to me that it seemed like almost a a little bit stale but now we're having new players kind of come into uh, into the mix Lauren James being a huge one that's um it's kind of getting her start this tournament um how do you think she will kind of change how they're they're playing going forward and then also with Rachel Daly. I was um, about to say, me, yeah, isn't Rachel like, Daly going to score all the goals? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She scored 22 in the WSL, so I'm it's, not. I'm quite confident she'll score some in the uh, World Cup. Exactly, but then is her place, is she more needed as, as that, that kind of like left left back, left wing back kind of pushing forward and, and seeing that interplay of like whether they stick her as that and put Russo up in a nine or put James up in the nine and mm. all like I think what you've got do, like, tell uh, me. Yeah, I think you can put Jess Carter at left back. I think she can perform quite well there consistently. Um, I've seen her recently in a few games for England. I think she has performed well there. seems like, despite a young age, well, no, I know Jess personally, you know, it doesn't, she's not really phased by the big, big occasions. As So, yeah, I don't know. I'd I'd like to see Rach Daly up top, to be honest, rather yeah. than, she's more influential there, you know, she's had such a significant contribution for Aston Villa. So, I think it'd be silly not to, to play her there, but, We'll see. see yeah, what Jess, does. Jess Carter, despite her young young age, she has a lot of experience. What was it she, coming on for Bristol City? Uh, Bristol City. What Birmingham. am I talking about? Birmingham, <laughs> Birmingham City, obviously, where you played with her, um, being the player of the match in a quarter final for the Champions League at sixteen. It's yeah. very, yeah. it's very impressive. Up until my Letizia was the most capped teenage teenager in in the WSL. Very impressive player. But yeah, Lauren James, me, um, Inesh, what do you think? Uh, Lauren, Jan- Lauren James is a spectacular player. I think she's, uh, you know, I think there's only uh, two other players like her in the world, and that is Caroline Graham Hansen and uh, Mallory Swanson. You know, in terms of the style specifically, how they uh, how they destroy <laughs> defenses, how they create spaces and uh, and unbalance the the other team. So I think most of well not most but a big part of uh england's hopes will go through lauren what what lauren james can do because you know with the team being currently a little bit uninspired uh offensively like you mentioned uh i think it's a player like her that can really uh you know um change a game and um and, and be the motor of of england's attack but but we'll see because uh, you know it, it's also have to uh, Serena also has to you know uh, give Lauren James that that confidence and that role to to be the game changer to be the the player that you know um, creates stuff out of nothing because she is that player um, so I think yeah I think Lauren James will be very very important for England if you know if she has a chance to be and I think with. You know, with Rachel Daly, of course, scoring so many goals, uh, Lauren, J- Lauren James can be her perfect, perfect uh, partner in crime. So we'll see what happens. But I'm very excited to to watch Lauren James, and I hope many, many people will get to watch her because she is an outstanding player. 
just a joy to watch. Yeah, for, for once, I don't really feel like I know what this England team is going to do. And I think it's going to be really interesting to look back at the end of, um, kind of at the end of the um, the group stages, especially after their game with China and kind of see, okay, well, how does this team adapt um, when they're playing tournament football, when they've kind of got, got used to being in Australia um, and, and kind of settled, settled into the squad, which they do have. But moving on though, because I think we could talk about England for hours and hours and hours, um, to group E and F. In group E, we have the holders, the United States, Vietnam, the Netherlands, and Portugal. In group F, we have France, Jamaica, Brazil, and Panama. In Esh, here lie your beloved Portugal. Are they in the group of death once again? I know you are a very hard lady to please, and I believe you are unhappy with Portugal's recent draw against England. Talk to me about, tell me about this team. Tell me who we should look out for. Well, Portugal, uh, I was a bit unhappy with the draw with England because I, I thought that, you know, offensively they were non-existent, uh, which we have to do better. And then we had uh, a win over Ukraine, which was 2-0. And we had some chances, but not really obvious chances that I think you have to take what, what you get, you know, and uh, be more dangerous offensively. Portugal is a team that likes to have the ball, which uh, will be hard against the likes of the US and the Netherlands. Uh, but still, they can also play um, counterattack very well because they have really, really fast and skilled players like Jessica Silva, who is, I believe, the most uh, popular Portugal player um, uh, outside of Portugal. Uh, she's very, very fast. She's technically skilled. She doesn't have the best decision making. I think she she had uh, a better, uh, you know, she, she made better decisions on the pitch. I mean, uh, I think she would be a top player. And I think that's what keeps her from, you know, uh, getting going that uh, that extra distance. Um, we also have Kika Nazare, who is a very, very talented young player, although I'm not sure if she will be fit for the first game because she's been dealing with, with a knock. Uh, for me, like the most exciting player for me in Portugal is Andrea Jacinto. Um, so like Andrea Jacinto. <laughs> uh, she's a midfielder. She'll be wearing the number six. She plays for Real Sociedad, and I think she's, she, for me, she's the best Portuguese player uh, right now. She's so, like, she does everything well, you know. The decision-making, yes. Through passes, uh, balancing the team, um, you know, she's a, she's, a, she's a game a builder, but also a creator, and she helps destroy because she can play in every position in, on the midfield. She can play as a 6, as an 8, as a 10. Uh, she's just a spectacular player, and she's only uh, 21 years old, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so I think people will be very... And she couldn't play in the last Euros, unfortunately, because she was, uh, she was injured. So I think people will be very, very surprised by her. But yeah, Portugal will have to, you know, make do with what they have, which isn't a great group. But I think we can surprise the Netherlands mm -hmm. if we catch them on a bad day, especially because they don't have, they're not very strong defensively. Um, yeah, that's that's the thing realis uh, realistically with this tournament, because obviously Viet Vietnam, who, although are absolutely 
they've been speaking about how they're seen as absolute national heroes now um, with, within their within their own own country. It's brilliant seeing them at, at this World Cup. This is a very difficult group for them, and so if Portugal can put away a, um, a win against them and then have upset over the Netherlands, getting those two wins down on paper a lot of the time is enough to to see you get out of this group. The holders USA, another team within Group E, as of this morning, are still still the bookies' favourite to win this tournament. They're missing key talent due to injury, like Katrina Macario and Sam Mewis, but honestly. They just look like they believe that they can win it. Everything that they put out is just mm. belief that, like, actually, we are going to win this this tournament. Karis, how important is belief in performing in knockout tournaments like this? That's well, massive. I think um, at this level now at the World Cup, I think ta- uh, tactically and technically players, well, apart from maybe teams like Haiti and Vietnam, but generally the players are at the top of their game and technically and tactically they're not far off from each other. So... For me, the element that comes into play then is the the mental and the psychological side. So, um, the pressure, it's the nervousness, uh, anticipation. But yeah, belief is is massive, and the Americans always have that in abundance, don't they? I think just as people, I've got family from America, so I know what they're like. They're just different people, maybe mm. to us uh, English folk. But yeah, now I think they can. Yeah, it's interesting. They're still favourites, um, regardless of maybe not having the the greatest run into the the tournament. Um, but yeah, I definitely see them going far in the tournament. Yeah, I think it's 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 been made more exciting that we can see that they're not they're not at all invincible. You saw mm. that against their the friendly um, against England at Wembley. You saw them in the games against Spain. Um, Mia, what what do you have to say about the current the current state of the US side? Well, I do think it's it's interesting uh, because we speak a lot uh, in Sweden about, you know, do we have a winning mentality? And I like what, what if, if you, we can talk a little bit more about England to just um, like compare the US and England is the fact that uh, why I ask the question who's going to score the goals for England is because they haven't scored in three games. And what do they take with them into the tournament uh, from having not scored? Uh, and then we have a team like the US who has the belief no matter what, like no matter what and how it goes, all they're communicating and how they, you know, like market their women's team is all about we can win the World Cup and we're going to do it. Uh, other teams uh, and FAs, they don't adapt to that kind of market marketing strategy um so i think that that's interesting and it's quite cool actually i think i think it's good for the women's game to have a team with that uh, type of voice if you know what i mean yeah definitely definitely it's 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 great to see great to see a team with confidence inesh i know you do work um on the on the u.s women's national team um Who's your? Give, give, I want one player. Who's your standout player for this tournament? Sophia Smith. Yeah, hands down. Tell me why. Uh, because she can create something. Well, everything from nothing. She can create her own chances, other people's chances. She can also, uh, well, chances for other people. I mean, she can also finish the the chances uh, that other people create for her. She is one of the for me, one of the four or five best players in the world. And I think uh, many people will be 
odd at her because she's just she's phenomenal. Um, it's been a while since we since the US have had uh, such a because she's a full package, you know, uh, so such a complete player uh, offensively. Um, she's a great passer. She's a, a great goal scorer, of course. I think she was. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but she was. She's one of the leaders uh, in goals and assists in the NWSL, and that's against many of the best players in the world. So Sophia Smith, and uh, there was a commercial about her uh, deadly smile, and I think she'll be smiling a lot in this World Cup. And yeah, the, I think. It, the U.S.'s chances will will basically depend very much on what Sophia Smith can do and what Vladko allows her to do, because I think uh, the weak link in the U.S. is a coach. So we'll see. Uh, I think if Sophia Smith is given the freedom to be the star of this team, she will uh, make many uh, players cry, so to speak, because <laughs> she's just... She's, she she's outstanding. I I don't have words for her. I Strike, strikes fear into the heart. Strikes in. fear into the heart. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, exactly. Karis, you actually you played with Alex Morgan, didn't you, when she was at Tottenham? How was how was that? How is she as someone to have in in the dressing room? Yeah, she's brilliant. Um, she just helped a lot raise the professionalism of the club. Um, yeah. She helped like with the transition to the men's training ground, for example. Obviously, at the time she was just coming back from having a baby, so she definitely wasn't at the sharpest, but. Um, Nesh mentioned about Sophia Smith wanting to be the, the star of the tournament for the US, but I'm sure uh, Alex Morgan will, will want to kind of uh, keep that mantle and keep that title. But I think since coming back from having a baby, she's been sharp and uh, I just hope she has a good World Cup. I remember actually, while you were talking about Alex, um, when I was in the Under-20 World Cup 2008 years ago, Alex was brilliant. I remember sitting on the bench watching her and she she was just fantastic. So it'd always be nice for her to recreate her youth and... Uh, have an amazing tournament like she did uh, all those years ago. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It'll be really exciting to see. Finally, under these these two groups, we want to have a look at France in Group F. Under the stewardship of Herve Renard, France are looking very strong. They were only narrowly knocked out of the Euros at the semis by Germany, and their new manager seems to have pumped some energy into this very strong squad. Mia, what are your thoughts on this side? That we don't know where they are at, I would say. That probably is my way of describing it. I watched, like I said before, I watched the game uh, when they played against Australia. Mm. Uh, they really struggled with uh, Australia's way of attacking. Uh, I do think that France also describes what many teams uh, are having, not problems, but challenges challenges with at the moment and that is the defense how are we going to defend uh, because you can see uh, a lot of 1v1 defending that doesn't like come up to the quality uh, needed um, if you're going to win the world cup um, I think that is is one way of looking at France but the other way of looking at it is that they also miss key players Mm. Uh, they got uh, Selma Bacha uh, injured uh, in this game against Australia. She will stay in the squad and she will probably play uh, further into the tournament. But how will that affect uh, France? I also would say I'm not sure uh, who is going to play uh, right back 
for France um, because you have Yves Perisset uh, on the bench at the moment, who has been a key player for Chelsea this season. Um, so you you can see that the coach probably he's not too sure yet on how he wants to line up his team. Um, but I do think that one positive thing for France uh, as a team is that there have been a change uh, in the management. So it's going to be interesting to see how they use that new energy going into another tournament where the expectations are high. Pia Sondage mm, is Brazil's manager. She's got a history of winning things as a coach after winning the Olympic silver with Sweden and gold with the USA. Marta, at 37, should be fit this tournament and this will be her sixth World Cup. We have a clip from Brazilian journalist Alan Caldas talking about Brazil's chances here. Hello everyone, I'm really excited about this World Cup uh, and I think I could say that I'm confident about the Brazilian national team chances. Um, I don't know if we, if we will we'll be the champions, uh, it would be fantastic, uh, but I think that Brazil can go far in the tournament. Let, let me explain why. Um, first of all, the coach, uh, the Swedish coach, Pia Sandhog, uh, she, she, she's building a strong team with new players like Jay-Z and Caroline. Uh, Duda Sampaio is a great player too, a young player. Uh, Adriana, so I believe we, the renovation of the team has been uh, really well done by by Pia Sundhag. And we have Marta. It will be her last World Cup. Uh, this is the uh, reason, uh, enough reason to, to all the Brazilian fans get the attention to, to see her uh, in, the, in her last dance in the World Cup. But th th that's not the only reason that I, why I, I'm confident with the Brazilian team. Uh, the last results against England and Germany was uh, surprising. Uh, and uh, we see other teams having problems with injuries. Brazilian national team has no problem with, with injury. Uh, only only Nicole, the forward Nicole, but, but she's she not uh, one of the the starters of the teams but she's recovering from a, a ankle injury and i believe she'll be in, uh, fit to to play the world cup to be an option for pia sundhag but uh, brazil is is in the group f and her uh, the first game is against panama easy game brazil probably won't, won't have any problem to win and then in the second round we have the our first Real test against France. Brazilian, Brazil has never won France in any 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 game, uh, official game or friendly game against France. So this is the time to beat them uh, because Brazil, as I said, I believe has a strong team. France is getting some problems, and and I'm confident that Brazil can win France and then Jamaica in the third round. And Brazil can can pass in the first place of the group, the group F. If they do, so Brazil will avoid uh, facing Germany in the round of 16. It will be good. Brazil has won Germany recently, 
but it's important to avoid a, a strong uh, opponent in the, the round of 16. We can face Colombia or, or Korea, and then we can get more confident if we win and, and reach the quarterfinals. Then, when we reach the, the quarterfinals, everything can happen, but uh, I believe going more and more far in the tournament will get more and more confidence to Brazilian national team. So I'm confident in, in, in that Brazil can do a good tournament, maybe reach the quarterfinals, and then depending on, on the, 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 the opponent, we can win and go to the semifinals, and then everything can happen. If Brazil can reach the semifinal, the, the, the job will be well done. Finally, our last two groups here on the podcast today. Group G, which is Sweden, South Africa, Italy and Argentina. And Group H, Germany, Morocco, Colombia and South Korea. Mia, Sweden were the first team to qualify in this group. We know lots about their players as we see the likes of Magda Eriksson, Hannah Benesson, Zakira Musovic playing in the WSL week in, week out. Obviously now Magda's, Magda's left, which we, we have seen her a, a lot recently. They seem to struggle in front of goal at the Euros, but Rolfo looks in form at present and that may mitigate some of their issues. How do you think this tournament will play out for them? Uh, I think that uh, if Sweden uh, will be able to line up with the same backline uh, every single game in this tournament, uh, as they didn't get the chance to in the Euros because of COVID and injuries, uh, I think it was a different lineup in the back line for every game they played. Um, also, there's another difference with this Swedish team is that if we can uh, put out our best starting 11 uh, for for the games in this tournament, there the difference is now that these players have uh, played a lot in their respective clubs during the season which wasn't the case ahead of the Euros. And I, I do think that that is a main reason to why national teams, together with the fact that you have to adapt to that, that there are so many more national teams with higher quality now as the women's game develops. Um, then, But if we can put out our best starting in 11, uh, in the games, Sweden can beat any team, but they can also lose to any team. Is isn't isn't that this, this isn't is that how that. football works? That you can beat any team or lose to any team, depending on how, yeah, how you come but, into it. I know what you mean, though. But, like, yeah, it's like the like the level of quality is. There can be many differences in the level of quality in this Swedish team, as yeah. we have seen uh, this last year, and and. I'm not sure if we are used to see that because we of we have we have been like spoiled with the, the fact that that a Swedish national team has been putting out very stable performances if you know what I mean. We know what we get and right now we don't actually know what we can get, but we know what we can get when when they play their best football. But we also do know what we can get if they don't. <laughs> and and I do think that that's good. I, I've said this before and I can say it again. I, I think that one of the biggest opponents for Sweden uh, to go far in this tournament 
are themselves. How do you, Karis, um, how, how do you feel, what, how do you get out of a bad run of form if you've been playing on a team that's kind of had like a tricky few games or if you're feeling like you're going into a game not knowing whether you'll be able to really be dominant or kind of like falter at the, at the, at the wayside, how, how do you personally like try and help mitigate that as a player? I think, first of all, you have to look at your own performances and kind of reflect on maybe what you can do better as a player to help the team. So I think that um, definitely helps. I think from being, I've been in teams before, we've had bad runner games and what happens a lot of the time, which is normally good, is almost like a, we call it like a crisis meeting where you get together and as a team, you really reflect and think about, you know, what is it that is causing us the problems, but also remind yourself of your strengths and what you do really well. So it's just more about confidence really I mentioned before about the mental side of the game it's just instilling that confidence and belief again into the team and reminding players of, of what they're good at and what their strengths are and what they can bring to the team onto onto another team with, with within these groups um South Korea so you've played with Cho So Yun um obviously at Tottenham how do you think she's going to be able to impact and positively impact the South Korean squad yeah well she's uh, the captain so I think from that side of things she'll have a positive impact yeah, Cho, she's a, she's a good friend of mine. Um, unfortunately, she didn't get much game time at Tottenham. Um, mm. So that potentially could be a factor. You know, going into a big tournament like a World Cup, ideally you need to have had a good run of form for your club as well. Um, but I think that's where she plays her best football when she's playing for, for South Korea. So, yeah, she'll only have a positive impact uh, on the team coming back into the national side. Brilliant. And Germany can never be ruled out of these types of tournaments. They've won it twice. Their squad looks good. If Pop can stay fit, Inesh, will they be lifting the trophy on the 20th of August at Stadium Australia? That's a loaded question. <laughs> but I do think they, they stand a chance. Uh, they have very, very talented players, both the, the more experienced ones and the younger ones. So you have the likes of Pop, but also Jule Brand, Clara Cole. Uh, etc. So you have this really uh, exciting mix of youth and uh, experience, and they have a, a coach that is, you know, that has been with the team for for a big while. So I, I think there there will be very very dangerous, um, but <laughs> but it's kind of hard because they they're you know they are capable of going to to the final of the Euros as they did but also have some really shaky games like they did against uh, against Zambia or Brazil, for example. So, uh, but on paper, they have one of the most talented uh, squads in the world with several top players. Um, and yeah, a mix of youth and experience. And I would tip them to go far, maybe not the final, but um, <laughs> it's very hard to make those kinds of bets uh, before it's even started. Yeah. I think we'll have to wait until our first until the first game to really see what Germany we're getting in this World Cup because uh, it can be a very two-faced team in that sense. Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's always. I'd love to to revisit this after, um, especially after the group stages before before the knockout begins, because then you start to be able to see what what paths teams will be taking to um, um, to the final, and that's always really important. 
Now it is time to put your money where your mouth is. I'm going to go around each of our lovely guests and ask who your standout player will be in this tournament. Whether that's someone who you think is going to win the golden boot or someone who you just think will be crucial to their side. It can be a striker, it can be a goalkeeper, it doesn't matter. And then I want a team each for something that I personally am calling cop and flop. A cop is a team that you'd want to have in your office work sweepstake if you fancied winning the 50 quid and the bottle of bubbles at the end and flop is a team that other pundits have backed but you're not really a hundred percent sure of so that is your standout player for your tournament a team that you you want to cop and a team that you think is going to flop mia i'm gonna i'm gonna throw it over to you first tell us what do you think Okay, standout player. You can look at a standout player from many different perspectives as well. And I will choose a Swedish player that will be very important mm-hmm. uh, for the Swedish national team. And that is uh, Elin Rubensson, uh, that plays uh, on a daily basis uh, for Beko Hecken in the Damalsvenskan in Sweden. Um, she's a central midfielder and I do think that she will have a massive impact on on the way Sweden's like game will flow or not. Um, so keep an eye out for her. Uh, also very good to, to be able to say that about a, um, a player in, in our Swedish league. Um, the other two, that, that these are hard questions. <laughs> um, a team that will flop. I, from, from what we have seen before, uh, Obviously, you're never as good at you, you. What you have done before doesn't matter now. This is a new tournament. But I'm going to say that I'm not so sure that it's good for Spanish women's football if this uh, Spain is going far yeah. in this tournament. That's understandable. That, yeah. So I'm going to say Spain. I think they will flop because I do think that the issues they have... Uh, had they are still there and uh, throughout the tournament when you are together 24 7 uh, the further in we get the further in i think we're gonna see uh, if the issues are still there mm-hmm. and a team that will succeed i i think that's australia yeah. they will be my team yeah, that's that. that's the, that's the one you're getting in the work sweepstake. I, yeah, I, I but do... sweet, but Sweden's still gonna win, so <laughs> we don't have to worry about it. Fair enough. That that's that's all right. That's all right. Um, Inesh will come to you next. Who's your who's your standout player? Who's your cop and who's your flop? Standout player, uh, Sophia Smith uh, of the US. Fair. Um, as for flop, well, I I was going to I was going to give exactly the same answers as Mia. So uh, it, it was actually the ones I thought of, uh, but we'll see. Uh, besides Spain, uh, I think um, the Netherlands won't do very well. Yeah. Uh, and then besides uh, Australia, because Mia's already said that, uh, I think uh, I think we can expect quite a well. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Australia too because I think they're gonna surprise uh, the pundits, uh, but also Portugal. 
Yeah. We're going to make it through the group stage. That's my bet. That's uh, what I'm what I'm hopeful for. Uh, I think we can make it through the group stages and make the Netherlands the flop. Perfect. Perfect. I, no. I, I hope I hope Locked that for in. you too. I cannot wait to see if you guys manage to manage to beat out the Netherlands and, and get out get out the group to see to see what your Twitter feed is going to look like. But Karis, I've been very mean <laughs> and come to you last. Um, so tell me your standout player, your cop and your flop. I think for my standout player, it's going to have to be Lauren James. Um, having played against her as a, a left back and her as a right winger, you know, I know how good she is as a player. She's Miles the best young player in the world at the minute so I really hope she plays and has a, has a good tournament for England um, in terms of the cop um, I was going to say something that the ladies already said but I'll, um, no, I'll, same as um, me I say Australia Yeah, I think playing in front of a home crowd is a big advantage so um, I just think for the growth of football in their country obviously I want England to win but it would be nice <laughs> uh, for Australia to do well as well. Maybe an Australia-England final, depending on how the run of games go, I'm not too sure. And then in terms of flop, um, I'll go a bit controversial. I'll say France. Um, They're missing some key players in Katoto and Cascarino. So, um, and just with the issues they've had as well. I know they've been better since, but yeah, I'm just going to mix it up and go with France. That was super interesting. Well, thank you so much, guys. Thank you for coming on today and thank you for everyone listening. I'm going to go around. Mia, where, where can people find you? Social media. They can find me. Yeah, they can find me on Instagram at uh, photo uh, or Twitter, uh, Mia underscore Eriksson. That's a very Swedish way of pronouncing it as well, so you know. It's all right, it's all right. Inesh, where can people find you? You can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at Inesh4, as in the number four, Senpayo, which is my last name. And Keris, how about you? Um, Twitter is at Keris Harup and then Instagram at Keris.Harup. Awesome. Well, thank you very much all for coming on there might as well plug us as well um on twitter at twfp1 and on instagram at the women's football podcast we have pods coming for you all throughout the tournament so make sure you stay tuned my name has been chess warren this has been the women's football podcast and i hope you're listening have a very lovely day 